On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we talk about the disappointment of the NFC Championship game. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod and our website, PackersPodcast.com. Jones has 98 of them. Play fake here, though. Rodgers going for it all, looking to bring it open. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Hey, hey, hey guys. <laughs> We're so happy. <laughs> I'm just emotionally distraught, but we'll get over it. We'll get through. Yeah, and I, I kind of wanted to kick it off here. Uh, we brought it up before. We started this as just a way of hanging out as as friends that have known each other for 20 years and talk Packers and there was no way in our wildest imaginations we'd think that in two years we'd gain a couple thousand followers, the Packers would win 28 games, and we would end up in the NFC Championship game twice. Uh, and so we say some some mean things, not necessarily mean things that would serve jail time or some of those weirdos on Twitter. <laughs> we say some things because we're passionate and we're invested and we love this team and we're realizing that we've had a glorious, glorious multi-decade run and we just don't want it to end. So I think from, from myself and the guys, we just want to say thanks to this Packers team because, boy – it's been damn fun these last two years, and mm-hmm. yep. I know a lot of people are bummed out, and there was a lot of mean things said, and there was a lot of blame game going on, but damn. I mean... A lot of wins. Damn. So, Lots of wins. Feels like we're at a funeral. Like, Remember yeah. the good times. <laughs> yeah. Place the flower. Yeah. It does. I've said it before, though, to come on here and pretty consistently be able to recap a win is so much more fun. So I mean, we've we've been blessed in that sense. Uh, just feel jaded in the in the biggest games of the year. We yeah, the, this is the first short. year. Literally every game, I think I picked a win for the Packers and predicting for them too. Like normally, I pick losses. So that that's it. Like you guys said, such a privilege. With that being said. This was the second most painful game of my Packer life. Uh, number one is that game in the Pacific Northwest, which we will not be discussing. Portland has a team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 31-26. I, there were so many down moments in the first half. And then in the second half, man, I I told the wife, I don't want to get my hopes up. This is This is playoff football for the Packers. And couldn't help myself and completely dove in. Mm-hmm. You said it, Ryan, with the the preview about we'll laugh, we'll cry, we'll cheer. <laughs> and in the third and fourth quarter, that line was ringing in my head because I'm like, I've laughed, I've cried, I've bit off my nails, I've drank a couple too many beers. But you had that feeling that like we were about to seize that moment somehow mm-hmm. and to come up short in so many ways. My my. <sighs> My recap was outcoached, outschemed, and outplayered because it wasn't one mistake. And it sort of bothered me that the national media has ran with the, the third down play call and kicking the field goal as being the way we lost. 
And I'm like, oh, man, there are so many different spots that we lost this game. And I'm not a ref blamer, but you got to throw that one in there, too. And that's uh, maybe that's all we have to say about that piece. I don't want to spend 10 minutes on refs. But it's things we've seen all year, knowing they're a weakness, uh, came to fruition once again. Yeah, I mean, the refs, they were bad all day. I mean, they missed false start penalties. They missed offside penalties. They missed all types of penalties all game. I was fine with them letting us play all game long, obviously, until that last call, right? Uh, I had no problem with them not calling. Yeah, as long as you guys are calling it the same on both ways. And then as soon as that dropped, yeah, yeah, my opinion. My opinion of that. What's on a light on a lighter note around that? What's funny is that's probably the the least amount of interference out of all the PIs because yeah. he was he was tugging on his undershirt. The the national media is like he's pulling his jersey back. I'm like, well, that's a white T-shirt. Like it, yeah. Under Armour, it's not Very slowing stretchy. him down. Yeah, it's not slowing him down that much compared like holding the guy by the shoulders and actually holding him back. <laughs> and the so. ball was. Five, seven yards over his head. There was no way he was catching that ball anyway. So that's why they had to call a hold because it wasn't a pass interference call. So it is a mess. So maybe let's do this. Maybe let's tackle this game as more of a a, a time lapse rather than focusing on offense or defense. Uh, MBS played great. Yeah, the game started (laughs) exactly, exactly how we wanted it to. Yes, give Tom Brady the ball. And that didn't quite work out. Nine plays, 66-yard touchdown. Uh, right there, up. though. Right yeah. there. Uh, Mike Patton, my man. We're going to talk about <laughs> schemes a couple times. He decides on one of the third down plays to go press man coverage. Ooh, good. We've been wanting to see that all year. Uh, Mike Evans, one of the top receivers in the league. You, you probably put Jair on him, right? Uh, no, we let Jair float around and, and, and guard you know different guys. Okay, well, Kevin King, he's got the height, and he's your number two. You probably have him on him, right? No. Well, Shannon Sullivan, your nickelback all year? No. Uh, Tremont Williams, the guy that's been a Packer for three days, we're going to press Mike Evans with him on third and long. What do you expect to happen there? <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm going to do this again with Petten, so you guys be ready Wait. with the response next well, time. Well, here's the, here's the question. <laughs> I I was Tremont on him. I thought it was Sullivan every single time. There was like out you know, of the when, when Evans had that like, fade on the first drive, just a nice catch along the sideline. Brady dropped it in perfect. I'm mm-hmm. 99% sure that was Tremont Williams in press coverage one on one. But yeah, that 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 just let's just talk about Pet just for a second. Let's talk about him a little bit because honestly, he's one of the main reasons I think we lost this game. Some of his play calling throughout the first half was just atrocious. We are playing, if not the best quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in playoff history. And we were playing kindergarten defense. At <laughs> it was insane. The single high safety with King on the corner with eight seconds left in the half blew my mind. Also, who calls that? Especially when he's the king of soft coverage. That yes. is the time to call soft coverage. That was the coverage. moment. Soft zone coverage, protect so, the boundaries. I mean, if he survives this, honestly, I think our defense held up pretty good for the whole game. But if he survives what he called in this game and makes it back on this squad next year, it will blow my mind. Ryan made a great point. You speak about the defensive performance. You know, this this falls to out-schemed because yet – Mm-hmm. You need soft zone coverage protecting the boundaries and just 
you know, maybe give up a field goal at worst, and he chooses then to play man coverage. Like, really, this would be the moment to 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 stick to your guns and play the way you've always played. But Ryan had a comment, uh, you know, credit to you, Ryan. Looking back, if Rodgers was able to convert one of these drives, which is a failure on the offensive side, it, a position we expect Rodgers to come through on, he had multiple chances. But the storyline around Tom Brady is that he threw three picks and that Jair balled out getting two of them and that Brady isn't good. Maybe he's falling off. Yeah, and I think winning solves everything because – I will say that the throws were perfect by Brady, especially mm-hmm. on that first drive. Early, he yeah. could not have thrown those balls any better. And uh, and the second half was a complete 180, and everybody will talk about – and I, I don't want to bash Brady because the numbers that he has, the fact that he's going to his 10th Super Bowl is so stupid to me that – it's it's mind blowing. And if there's any question who the best NFL player is, it's I mean, he's now done it with multiple teams and it's just it's it's crazy. So yep. I don't want to take him away, but to act as if he was in God mode for this game is because if if you think about it, we probably could have had five interceptions. Mm-hmm. If, if Redmond comes across on a pop up fly ball and just catches mm-hmm. it, that drives over, which we'll, we'll jump to that right now. Uh, the Rodgers interception, say what you will, I mean, just I, I don't know how you can watch that play and not think, wow, that should be a defensive uh, penalty. It, it was a bummer because I thought for sure we were going to get points back that, to hold them on the punt. Let's drive. Let's make something happen and go ring right back to Pettin the fact that we're OK saying don't have anybody back with eight seconds to go. Take the field goal. That that's the worst case scenario that you're down 17 to 10 and you played a a rough first half of football. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just it was a really 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 other than that touchdown drive a bad half by the Packers on both sides of the ball. Yeah, it, and it looked like the end of the first half took the air out of us because look at what happened going into the second half. I mean, instantly mistake. So it. I was so afraid I turned I turned to my significant other at the time and said uh, at halftime and I'm like I, I don't think there's no way there's just no way that the way the Tampa Bay defense was playing and how consistent they were with their two best safeties pretty much out almost the whole entire game mm-hmm. um, they had us on lockdown we couldn't get Adams open consistently we, none of our wide receivers really created a lot of separation um, it 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 was and and Rogers still had a day, so it, it was so interesting. Um, the the amount of pressure that was put on Rogers throughout the whole entire day, specifically the first half. I I don't understand why they didn't bring in tight ends. Why didn't they bring in tight ends or somebody to help out Billy Turner on the left side? He was having a bad day, very bad day, probably one of the worst we've seen out of him. And there was very little help put on his side when he was collapsing. So it was – I think there's just failures on so many fronts, and it was just so depressing to watch. And we didn't help by throwing it 48 times. You know, at a certain point, you had to throw to, to get out of that deficit. But then for a, a healthy chunk of the second half, you're within a score, and you can get back to a balanced offense. And we decided to not run. You know, after turnovers going three and out on passing attempts – 
you know, Aaron Jones being banged up. Yeah, but you got two more running backs. We've talked about how deep that that backfield is. And you talk about not supporting your two tackles. I mean, obviously, we miss David Bakhtiari uh, more than we thought we were going to. You know, no disrespect to him. We just had played well without him, so thought that would continue. Uh, but establishing a running game and keeping those guys in to, to chip with the tight ends in the passing game would have been helpful and just seemed to get away from that. It, it, out, out coached. I mean, Rogers not being able to pull off more. I, I know you said he balled out, but without their safeties in the game and knowing a pass rush is coming, um, he had three or four opportunities to go win this game and he didn't come through. And it's, it's a high expectation we have of Aaron Rodgers, but it's an expectation we have of him. And he didn't come through even. Completely agree with Josh. Coming out of the first quarter can just didn't look right, but you felt, well, maybe let's get it going. And then Aaron Jones gets popped. And I don't think that's even made enough of it. The Bucks defense, all things sincere, played very, very well. To get mm-hmm. the interception, albeit, and then to start the second half, to take away that advantage of the Packers having that extra um, possession – and to get it to the eight yard line, I want to say it was like, mm-hmm. man, you can't set up anybody better. I mean, it's the same situation that we saw when we played in Tampa, that if you, if you give a team how many times inside the 10 yard line uh, on a turnover, I mean, you're done for the day. So shout out to the Packers for getting a touchdown, getting an interception, getting a touchdown. It was during that second touchdown where I go, this is this is unreal. This is unbelievable. Uh, to then get a second interception. And then I joked with some Tampa folks in a text message of when we punted after going negative five yards, I went, you know what? This is the game because you can't expect Brady to turn it over again. You can't expect to just waste opportunities like this. Like that was the game. And then he immediately threw another interception to which we punted. And I think this goes back to the play calling and stuff like that is, the offense wasn't where they'd been for pretty much the entire year. That even even if you go two for three, not scoring any points off of those three interceptions, you have to change the field position. We mm-hmm. cannot go negative yards in two possessions and give it right back to them floating around like their own 30 to 40 yard line like that doesn't do it you have to get to at least somewhere near midfield pin them back do something in which it was a worthwhile advantage and and frankly it was like punts they they honestly got punt by brady and that's how it started because it was always deep but i think that was the most frustrating is the call to end the first half on defense was atrocious the field goal we'll get to in a second but the fact that we didn't do anything in terms of field position on those two interceptions, the two latter interceptions, just hurt. It just hurt. Yeah, and you know the the difference in the second half was they started to bring pressure. They started to blitz. They were doing different things with their blitz packages instead of just let, depending on the defensive line. And look what happened. They got in his face. They didn't. They got one sack. Um, but it, it, it's just a, yeah, it's just amazing we didn't alter our game plan sooner. Um, I did want to bring up and congratulate MVS. Heck of a game, my man. Hell of a catch both times over the middle when you were getting hit and that long, deep ball with the concentration. I'm excited to see what he can bring next year. 
you know, knock on wood. Right? Oh no. But oh no. I, I'm excited. I'm <laughs> excited. Hopes it, up. it made me excited. Him and Kenny Clark, man, bring that consistently. Yeah. He was a force against a good offensive line. He was a force. Mm-hmm. Hey, I just went back and looked. Uh, disregard everything I've said on this entire podcast because it was Chandon Sullivan covering. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so too. I thought so. So I've been quiet for the last five minutes. I'm like, you but know still, what? why Chandon Sullivan instead of your top two? It was there probably the Miller Light talking at that point. Yep. <laughs> is it is it good keeping Rogers out of this conversation that I thought the two best players were MVS that was just mentioned by Josh, but I thought Mercedes Lewis had a fantastic mm-hmm. game once again. Like not only blocking, nothing was coming from that side when he was in blocking, but then he just is catching. He was he was out running and and was that pure release valve that he probably had his best game of the season and it's not very good when you're your second string tight end and your arguably third wide receiver are the ones that were leading you on the day uh, just yeah it's tough. a great defense yeah. and they and they out schemed us to mm-hmm. to not let Rogers score with so many opportunities to keep Devonte to nine catches but only what 67 yards give or take um the the scheme was perfect they kept us in check yeah levante david and devin white played out of their minds i mean devin white specifically was everywhere like we we tried to go away from him and he still would end up on the plate it was insane how fast he was playing that day well plenty of time for draft talk but damn it (laughs) yeah damn it him patrick queen can we get one of those guys Yeah, hey, uh, it's oh, go ahead. We got to hit on Meninga for a second. Clean house. Speaking of off season, <laughs> Tavon Austin fair catches when he has room to run. What are you even here for, dude? Allowing twice, returns, twice. Allowing returns again, not getting our returns to the twenty-five. Jamal Get Williams was our best returner. Get out of here. Which we were joking about when at, before, and he literally was our best returner yet again. It's it's so sad to see how he he obviously doesn't have confidence in himself, and he has created that within all of his special teams players. They look so non-confident every time they are on the field. Even the punt block team, they struggled again. I, I blows my mind that you can't put together some special teams units that can pull this off in the NFL in the NFC championship game. Mm. So, uh, yes, please go away. Yeah. We'll talk about it in the off season, but boy, two coaches need to be let go. And then let's talk exciting. Like Rashawn Gary had 42 snaps, 65%. I would say that wasn't enough. I think there's a ton of him, a ton of room for him to excel next season. You talk about next season with MBS, Rayshon's one I, I think could make a huge jump next year. I think you bring in the right scheme and Kenny Clark can start shining instead of mm-hmm. just eating mm-hmm. up double teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you got two young middle linebackers in, in Martin Barnes that, that maybe are an answer. And I'd I'd love to have these be the, the type of questions to a potential defensive coordinator to be like, oh, what are you, you, you going to do at number 52? And the, the only answer is play them more. That's all I need to hear. <laughs> yeah, and, and with with whatever defensive coordinator, if if it is a switch, like coming in, he would be so excited. There's so many weapons on this defense if you just put them in the right spots. Um, so it'll, yeah, oh yeah, I'm getting excited. So, well, we don't want to talk too much off season. Yeah, yep. Sorry, sorry, I did it. <laughs> there's probably a few. I mean, you talked about Mercedes too, Ryan. I mean, quite a few guys probably had their last snaps and. 
not going out the way we hoped, you know, looking back on the year, you know, a, a long time in the future, you'll look back on this year fondly. But the, the sting of this all, I, I sort of find this roller coaster ride kind of funny because two months ago we all agreed all of our weaknesses will be exposed. We're going to lose in the playoffs. And then we went on that win streak and we're like, I think we fixed our weaknesses. The defense is playing fast. The special team still has issues, but they're covering up. The offense is so efficient. And then everything just reared its ugly head again. It was like, this is this is what yeah. we thought we were two and months it's ago. It's so sad for Aaron Jones to go out like that too, man. Two, two fumbles, not a great showing when he was out there. He had a couple electric plays, but – Ah, I'm, I'm going to miss them. I, you know, if they pull off a miracle and re-sign them, that'll be lovely. Uh, but doesn't right. look that way. Um, it's going to be sad not having him and some others on the team. I will say that this game, as painful as it was to watch, and I can't even imagine what it's like if you're an actual part of the Packers organization and just kind of getting stabbed. Between players and coaches, it's going to be very easy for some players to not get extensions and just not see a, a Packers jersey again. I think that there was just some cases where there was a lot of people that were on the fence that you could have made a judgment of, ah, well, uh, uh. There, it became evidently clear who the Packers organization probably isn't going to bring back. But And we all agree so, Rodgers is to, not in that conversation, right? No. 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 Yeah. This is – you can't – this was his opportunity – I honestly think that in his mind, as much as he wants to be positive, that he thought there was probably not going to be a chance he went back to the Super Bowl. Like, I think he was legitimately like, I just I don't think we're going to get there. And then to go on these two rides, it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. And so to ask him a and, question 20 minutes after the game, yeah, like yeah. He, he's going to say that. And he's he's literally probably had his best season ever with the most weapons oh, exactly. ever. Top, with the defense that five, is showing Top up. five in the NFL ever. Top five yeah. performance by any QB so, in the history of the NFL. He's in anytime, the right offense. Yeah, anytime you have that, you think you're going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, like, come on. And, and, just, and, and for him to be the one that sort of let us down a couple times, that has to be heartbreaking. Has to be. My hatred of national media, there's multiple reasons. I don't think I can watch ESPN until post-Super Bowl. I, I don't need another Tom Brady puff piece. I get it. He's the best that's ever played. But that the storyline is about Rodgers' post-game comments. Instead of just saying he's emotional, it was a tough defeat, let's look past it. They're talking about Rodgers on other teams. So let's just play this scenario out. Give me 20 seconds here. You trade Rodgers for a buttload of draft picks or some younger star players because you have Jordan Love. But obviously Jordan Love wasn't showing you anything in practice. Otherwise, he would have been active for at least one game this year. He would have been your backup. You can't say he was playing well in practice and showed enough to the team, but they never even activated him. So that scenario is not playing out. And why the national media just runs with it for clickbait just pisses me off. And Rogers is coming back. He's a Hall of Famer, yeah. and he just played an MVP they, level. They were already throwing out team names too, like already throwing out scenarios of where he would want to go. And it's just like, what are you talking about? The man just had a season MVP year. He's the last thing he is thinking about is what team I'm going to. Like, going get anywhere. over yourselves. So I want to end on a happier note. Um, Andy Herman laid out who is at least for sure back next year. And I just want to say, boys, <laughs> the pieces are there. Like yep. I, I, this team is, you know, at two 13 win seasons in a row. 
and it is recency bias in which we assume that the sky is falling and this is the end of this Packer generation. Just hold on a second. I want to go through these real quick. On offense, Aaron Rodgers is going to be behind center. Like we're we're good. Dylan, I thought actually played much better as the season went progressive progressively on. I I'm excited and hopefully we'll see this kind of step ahead for him. Deguara will hopefully be healthy and oh, yeah. for that one game Forgot that we saw, him. he was awesome. He looked good. Adams, Adams, MVS, Lazard. I'm I'm well aware we could probably add another piece, but that's a solid three base right there. Mm-hmm. Tunyon will be back. Bakhtiari, Runyon, Jenkins, Patrick, Turner. Good. Don't forget Daphne. Yep, Daphne too. So offensively, like, yes, probably a little wide receiver depth little O-line depth. We got to figure out our backfield, but overall we got some pieces in place defensively that front defensive four of big Z Clark Kiki and Gary. I am um, good with that. Barnes Martin. Hopefully they can make the jump. And then the secondary Jair Amos Savage. Like, yes, there is some holes on this team, but we also have some very, very good uh, skilled Veterans and some exciting young players that I really do think will make a jump and LaFleur, at least on the offensive side, will help them through their progressions faster. So free agency is going to be fun. Uh, Draft is going to be fun. And we will have a ton of time to talk about that. But the sky is not falling, guys. We still have an amazing team, especially considering yep. that what the Bears have to deal with this offseason, the fact that. Matt Stafford is not going to be the quarterback for the Lions. Like, this is – the North is still ours for the taking. It's just a matter of how creative they can get with contracts and who is all in uniform next year. But I'm excited for it. Yeah, and and as Packer fans, we just have to realize, just like we had to at the end of Brett Favre's career, it's coming to an end. You know, so anything's on the table. You know, if he has another bad year, you know, something could happen. So just take – Take everything that's happening and, like, love it. Just love it all. Yeah. And the good news is uh, Blake Martinez and Blaga had awesome seasons. So that little uh, draft comeback a little later, I mean, we're we're in a good spot. I trust yep. I trust this office. I, I trust this staff as a whole. So we'll be good. But appreciate everybody following along. We're officially done with season two of the Green Bay Packers. Pack it up. Packers pod. Uh, so yeah, thanks everybody. Appreciate all you. Yeah, yeah. Go pack, go. There we go. <laughs>